This is the Jeff Merrick Show on the Sportsnet Radio Network. Again, I don't want to keep um, pounding this same theme over and over again. But I think you've probably heard me mention more than a couple times how much of a soap opera this season has been. Not just around the NHL, folks, but also in the ECHL. Who had this year in hockey Terry Ryan making a comeback or at least playing a game? Who had Cody Hodgson trying to make a comeback? We'll get to Elliot Friedman about that one coming up in a couple of moments. But who had on their bingo card this year Terry Ryan playing a pro hockey game for the first time in was it 19 or 20 years? Well, there it was with the uh, Newfoundland Growlers against Adirondack yesterday, a 6-2 loss. But nonetheless, Terry Ryan, who will join me in hour two, and I encourage all of you to watch his post-game press conference. It's about 15 minutes, and it is fantastic. Terry Ryan suited up for the Newfoundland Growlers, uh, played the game, fought Zach Walker, and gave a post-game press conference for the ages. Now, one of the questions, and let me give you the, the rundown for the show today. Elliot Friedman stops by in a moment. Thomas Trance will stop by about the Vancouver Canucks. I mentioned Tiara's coming on, and then Jonathan Davis. We'll talk about the West Coast teams and specifically the Los Angeles Kings and specifically... What's wrong with the Los Angeles Kings? So we'll get there in a couple of seconds. So here's how Terry Ryan got to play with the Newfoundland Growlers, because there is a backstory to this. Like, I think a lot of us were all surprised and caught off guard Saturday on Hockey Night in Canada. Uh, Paul Bissonnette was part of the panel. And at the end of uh, one of the segments, Elliot Friedman threw to Paul Bissonnette with the headline, which was Terry Ryan to suit up for the Newfoundland Growlers on Sunday. And I think a lot of us wondered, how is this possible How did this happen? No offense to Terry Ryan, who's 47 years old. There are a lot of other players that are out there that probably could have relished a chance. Well, one, um, Newfoundland is a tough spot to get people to in short notice. Um, And number two, one of the main issues here, because... You know, when you think of Newfoundland, you think of all the great Newfoundlanders that have played hockey in the NHL before, Terry Ryan being one of them. But also you think of senior hockey, where, you know, Newfoundland is one of the great provinces that has really strong competitive senior league hockey, and it's really, really good. Terry used to play in that league. Darren Langdon, we think of as well. Um, and, you know, wasn't anyone from the, uh, uh, from the Newfoundland Senior League available? Um, the answer is kind of yes, but probably no. Let me explain. And it all has to do with Hockey Canada. Now, Hockey Canada has a rule where they have a cutoff date, which is January the 10th. And if you play a professional game after January the 10th, you cannot go back and play in the senior loop as governed by Hockey Canada. This avoids the ringer issue later on in the season. Uh, Pat O'Keefe would have been the last player that the Newfoundland Growlers grab from the semi-loop, or the uh, the senior loop. Rather, he plays for the St. John's Senior Caps. So they used him, but they weren't able to get anybody else from any of the senior teams because, with all due respect, who wants to play one game in the ECHL on a Sunday afternoon if it means that they won't be eligible to play with their senior team for the remainder of the season. Everybody on the team knew Terry Ryan. He's a local guy. He has a story. He still plays. Um, And that is the genesis of how the Newfoundland Growlers first thought of, hmm, maybe we should get Terry Ryan aboard. Let's see if he's available. 
uh, and he was. And the rest, as they say, is history. We'll go over this here with Elliot Friedman, who joins me now from 32 Thoughts and Hockey Night in Canada. Elliot, I opened the show by talking about the continuing soap opera that is the uh, not just the NHL season, but this weekend we saw it extend to the ECHL as well with the Newfoundland Growlers. And 47-year-old Terry Ryan, uh, who will join me in hour two, uh, gave one of the great, you know, uh, one of the great uh, uh, post-game press conferences I, I think we've ever seen at any level of hockey. Uh, he was funny. He was charming. He was emotional. He was thoughtful. He was candid. Um, it was a, a whole sort of roller coaster of emotions in that presser in, in 15 minutes. Um, this was a pretty whirlwind 48 hours, and it all started when you threw to Paul Bissonnette on Saturday and said, the last story goes to you, Biz. Take it from there, Freed. Well, Biz had gotten a call while we were sitting there waiting. It's, it's more his story to tell than I, but he is—he uh, was the person who got the call. And I mean, it's a great story. I—I I don't understand like the fun police. Um, I, I, I don't like them. I don't get them. I—I I, I don't really have time for them. Uh, I, I think yeah. it, it's a great thing. You know, I'm glad you clarified that rule because. I assumed incorrectly, and this is why you should never assume anything, that it was an ECHL rule about the January 10th thing. Nope. But you were the one who explained it was nope. a senior hockey rule. So they were shorthanded players. And I think also the, um, I think a couple, first of all, the Marlies are, are decimated a bit too. So they had some guys there. Yes. And I think they had some guys traveling to the All-Star game. So, you know, Correct. that's, you know, so, so you're sitting there and you're short. And it's not exactly easy to get players there, especially the way the weather was last weekend. To me, the best part about it yeah. was the best part about it was uh, Terry Ryan is out celebrating his birthday, and he's a few beers deep, and he gets <laughs> and he gets and he says, "Well, if you're serious about this, I'll go home and start with the water." Um, it's like it's, you know, Jeff. I'm just trying to imagine like you're, you're hosting a prime time, like Dave Amber's hosting the game tonight. And you know, I, I'm actually going to see the Raptors Celtics tonight. And, like, I, I've had, like, a few glasses of wine or something. And, you know, Rob Corte calls me and says, uh, Elliot, we need you to host the show. Oh, well, Rob, should I, should, should I grab a water or what should I do? That's, that's the best part of this whole yeah. situation. It's fantastic. Uh, it's, it, the whole, it's good promotion the, for the ECHL, too. Yeah, I think it's great promotion for the ECHL. I think it's great promotion for the Growlers. And, you know, now Terry Ryan is, you know, Growlers alumni. I'll talk to Terry about this in an hour or two. Uh, he's alumni. He's even more of a, of a bigger celebrity in St. John's than, than he was before. Uh, yeah. I, I just think the whole thing is great. And I, I, I'm not sure if you caught the, the, the post-game presser um, that Terry Ryan was part of. I think maybe there were three questions, and Terry's such a great speaker. Um, he just went on and on and on and on. It was like this emotional roller coaster as well. Um, it really opened up about you know his life and his history and what this meant to him. And it's, I, I encourage everybody. It's, it's on the Newfoundland Growlers uh, social media. You know, Check them out on, on Twitter. They have the full video yeah. up there. Uh, do yourself a favor. It's 15 minutes uh, of really someone bearing his hockey soul, but not just about hockey, about his personal life, it's uh, nice. his ex-wife, his daughter, his buddies, all of it. It's it's truly fantastic. It's a hockey family, too. Uh, his dad played professional hockey, most notably with the Minnesota Fighting Saints of the old WHA. It's a great story, and I don't think anybody 
had this on their bingo card uh, at the beginning of the season, but this has been one of those seasons where expect the unexpected. Every day is a different chapter of a soap opera. This soap opera, thankfully, has a really nice finish to it. I did think, by the way, that maybe the line of the entire press conference when when Terry Ryan is, is standing up to leave, he says, okay, boys, we'll see you in a few years. Terry Ryan is a gem. Protect this man. Um, Speaking of comebacks, you had an interesting note. You had a really interesting note about Cody Hodgson as well. Anything you can expand on with Cody Hodgson? Not yet. Um, You know, uh, one of the things is, is that he doesn't have an agent. I don't believe at this time. So he's kind of handling this himself. Um, You know, again, for those people who, who didn't see it on Saturday night, and shame on you if you missed it. What else could you do that would be more important than <laughs> watching me on television? But, um, you know, Cody Hodgson had to retire uh, eight years ago uh, due to a condition he came down with that caused him a lot of difficulty uh, playing and injuries. And uh, he was given a clean bill of health, uh, he said, uh, this last summer. And he started skiing again and working out. He's doing it five, six days a week. And he skates in the Toronto area with a bunch of ex-NHLers. And, you know, the word got to me, he'd like to try again. And, um, you know, I just think he wants, you know, he wants to try to see if he can end his career in his own terms. Um, you know, he knows nothing guaranteed. He knows he's not starting in the NHL, but he, he wants a chance to play. Yeah. So, um, you know, I, that's what I think he's just looking for. And, and as I said to you on the pod this morning, uh, one of the first things I thought of yesterday was was Newfoundland. Like, I don't know if he wants to go out there, but yeah, um, you know, like uh, I wonder if there would be an opportunity for him. But anyway, he's just looking for a chance to play. We cross our fingers for Cody Hodgson. Man, did I ever like watching that guy play? Whether it was Brampton, whether it was World Juniors, whether it was Vancouver Canucks, uh, I really enjoyed watching Cody Hodgson. I don't think I'm alone in that one as well. Um, you worked the Toronto game last night against the Detroit Red Wings. This is an awkward, let's just say, weekend for the Toronto Maple Leafs. Even going back to Thursday uh, against the Islanders, it's been an awkward three uh, three game stretch, and now they hit the road. Yeah. And it looks like they're running into a buzzsaw. It's the Oilers. It's the Flames. It's the Canucks. It's the we've just won nine in a row. Seattle Kraken, uh, who are playing, by the way, this afternoon. We'll get to some of the afternoon games in a couple of seconds. It's not getting any easier for Toronto. And you hate to see them squander, if you're a Maple Leafs fan, hate to see them squander a good performance by Samsonov. But we did see that yesterday. Just a, a wide brush thought on what you saw between Toronto and Detroit last night. Well, I mean, obviously that's a, that's a bad loss for Toronto. Um, uh, you know, there's a lot of things about it that you didn't like. I, I think that the thing that I thought was the worst omen for them was was just that Samsonov played well enough to win. And you know, I, I have to give a lot of credit to the Toronto fans. Um, you know, Samsonov, I'm sure, was nervous about how that whole night was going to go. And one of the things I was thinking yep. about was not only is Detroit's routine torn off, but so is his. Like, you look at all the things the Maple Leafs did to try to ease the pressure on him. They didn't say he was playing yeah. until the morning of. Um, they, they really tried to limit the hysteria. Um, and then his routine gets pushed back. He's expecting to play at 7. The game doesn't start until 8 or just before 8. Like, there were a lot of things that can throw him off. He makes his, he makes his first mm-hmm. save. He gets a nice cheer. You know, Jeff, he gets some good luck. You need the bounces. Detroit, a couple of glorious chances in the first period that didn't work. He makes a huge save uh, before, right before they score the winning goal. And, like, the crowd's chanting his name. Like, Antti Ranta talked about this. When he came back from the American Hockey League, yeah. the first game back, they beat Montreal. 
and the fans were really trying to uh, encourage him. And he's talked about how meaningful that was for him. And, you know, that, that to me was one, like, look, like Detroit, uh, those guys, you could tell that was a meaningful uh, game for them last night. They, they knew they had every excuse to lose and they found a way to win. But I think the toughest thing for Toronto yesterday is that Samsonov, who's really been in a terrible place, uh, gives them a game that they can win and they don't capitalize. And that's, that's a tough one for them. Very, mm. very tough loss. Uh, okay, there are um, there are ten games today. There are four games this afternoon. Um, a couple have been rescheduled because of the uh, the snowstorm in Buffalo. So the Buffalo yep. San Jose game is going on as we speak right now at KeyBank Center. Um, the Pittsburgh Penguins Seattle Kraken game uh, has been moved up as well. That one to yep. uh, to one o'clock. Uh, Seattle Kraken is hot, 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 nine and zero so far on this little rip here, playing the Pittsburgh Penguins this afternoon. But let's, let's want to buzz through a couple of teams and get your thoughts here on on these games that we're seeing this afternoon as we're on the air. San Jose Sharks and the Buffalo Sabers. We've talked about this homestand uh, essentially being their season. Um, you know, the latest drama around the Buffalo Sabers involves you know Tage Thompson, who you know got somewhat of a demotion um, from his head coach Don Granado. How do you see the Sabers right now? Well, obviously, I think that it's disappointing. Um, I actually think this is one of the bigger storylines of the year this year are the teams that um, we thought were going to take big jumps that didn't. You know, Buffalo, Ottawa. Um, you know, I think, uh, well, Detroit is now back in it. You know, they, they stumbled for a bit, yeah. but they're, they're kind of back in the game. Um, you know, I think that... Uh, you know, I, I, it's, I mean, there's no other way to say it, but you're disappointed. Like, it, it, it's just a reminder that, you know, there's two things you need to win in this league, Jeff. One is talent, and one is just the will. You've got to be able to get that that Green Lantern wing, the the ring, the willpower. And, um, yep. you know, I, I think that I think the hardest thing to be in this league is good every night. And or... And, and even if you're not good, you have the will to find a way to win. And, you know, Buffalo, they're just not there. And Ottawa, they're just not there yet. And, you know, I, I think this is a dangerous time for both those teams in the sense that you're building, you're building, you're building, and you sit there and you say, now it's the next step. And the next step doesn't come. And now, like, look at Ottawa. Like, they're going through and they've got a new front office and they're starting to look around and say, what do we need? And, I think the the most important thing that you can do as a franchise, and I'd say this for both the Sabres and the Senators right now, is you've got to make sure you don't make that trade because you're frustrated. This is where you need the clearest head of all. Like, I, you're mad, you're disappointed, your fans are mad. They're They're like, again, like that's what your fans are thinking, particularly in Buffalo's case. And this is where you've got to make sure you don't make that trade that gets put on your tombstone. This is the guy who made this deal. And uh, that's, mm-hmm. that, to me, is the biggest question Buffalo's got. Like, where do you go from here? What do you add from here? You know what I what I wonder about? I'm, I'm glad you joined those two teams together because I, I'm with you. I think that, you know, one of the more delicate topics here and something that keeps managers up at night is – Sure, we have a good young nucleus, but what if it's the wrong mix? And how long do you give that mix of players until you start to make decisions? And then to your point, 
do you ever want to be the one that gives up on a young hockey player and then goes and you know watch him pop somewhere else and you all you'll do is you watch him on highlights every night and you'll think to yourself damn I should have I should have waited a little bit longer but who I think about you know who I think about with both of these teams I wonder about Terry Pagula and I wonder about Michael Andlauer because you're right like the team is upset the coaches are upset the manager's upset the fans are upset in both these places, you know, Michael Andlauer almost paid a billion dollars for a team, and there's not going to be any playoff revenue. You know, Terry Pagula has waited how many years now for some playoff revenue? Doesn't look like that's coming for the Buffalo Sabres this year, comma, again, period. Do you have a thought on both these two owners through all of this, Pagula and Andlauer? Well, I think Andlauer, he's still new, right? So we're getting used to, we're still learning about the way he does things. Like, you know, you and I have talked about this a lot. I think the thing that we have learned about the Senators in a very short time is, you know, they're not afraid to change their plans. We think this is going to go this way. Well, it's actually gone this way, and we'll adapt. But I think it's way too soon. I, I mean, that to me is the only conclusion you can really draw from Ann Lauer so far. I think we're still learning about what kind of owner he's going to be. You know, the thing for me with Pagula is, like, Look, like, you can't look at it and say he hasn't tried everything there. And that, oh. that to me, is the, the frustrating <laughs> thing. Like, he's poured <laughs> money into it. He's, he, you know, look, like, yeah. you know, look at the people he's had run his team. He's brought in people who are part of sort of, like, the NHL sphere. And then he's gone to, you know, Kevin Adams, who he knew better. Um, you know, like... I, like the thing about Pagula that's got to be frustrating is, like I just like like to me, he's been a good owner in the sense that he's he's not been afraid to pump money into it. He's not been afraid to try mm-hmm. different things. Um, I can just imagine his his frustration level with anything. And and Buffalo, I'll say it again for the billionth time, they have great fans. Like they have some of the best fans in the NHL. Oh, yeah. And you know the one thing is I, I had a an argument with someone the other day, they were like, if they were Buffalo, they'd consider moving power. And I said, you're nuts. Like, I, I, I just said that. I said, you are crazy if you're thinking of dealing with that, of dealing with that guy. And he said, well, he's a bit of a rover. He doesn't know how to defend. I said, I don't care. That guy is basically in his third year in the league. He's got incredible talent. Like, that is the kind of trade you make. And it's like, the first thing that comes up on Google for the rest of your life is you traded that guy. And, uh, like, I just, I, I, like, that's the kind of thing if I'm Buffalo, I want no part of it. Jeff, it is freezing outside. I don't know if you're aware of this, but it is just freezing. Oh, I just, uh, I was just outside in the backyard with the dog for 45 minutes. Don't worry. I, I know it's chilly. What are you doing going for your walk now, then, if it's this cold? I need my vitamin D. I was at the gym, but I got I to gotta go outside for a few minutes. I'm going inside now. My goodness. Um, okay, so right now, as we speak, San Jose and Buffalo, still no score uh, in that game very early in the first period. Uh, 1 o'clock, we'll see the Seattle Kraken face off against the Pittsburgh Penguins. And Seattle has now won nine games in a row. You know, when we were in when we were in Seattle, I had a chance to sit down with Ron Francis. And one of the things that I asked him was, you know, of all the players that you hear, you know, us media people talking about, who are we missing on? Who do you think we, we should be talking about more? Because we'll talk about, when we talk about Seattle, we'll talk about, you know, Vince Dunn and Matt Beneers, et cetera, et cetera. He said, 
Oliver Bjorkstrand is the guy that you need to be talking about way more with the Seattle Kraken. So I'll, I'll throw it your direction. Seattle, 9-0. and uh, Vince Dunn has been excellent uh, for this team. Joey Decord has been tremendous for this team, as has, as Ron Francis mentions, Oliver Bjorkstrand. Are you talking about him because you're looking to get a cheap Airbnb in San Diego? <laughs> you know me, butter the bread on both sides. <laughs> oh, you're probably you're probably that kind of a vulture that's like, oh, Oliver Bjorkstrand needs to shuffle this thing off. Maybe I can get it at a discounted rate. Really, I know you, Merrick. I, I know the way you think. You're <laughs> you're you're an Airbnb you've, vulture. You've known me too long, clearly. Um, look, like you know, the thing about them is, and, and they they're back to kind of their identity. Um, they've got talent. Yeah. But they, they don't win on their talent. They they win on um, everybody knowing what their responsibilities are, um, everyone accepting the identity that the the sum of the group is, is better, the, the, the whole of the group is better than the sum of the parts. Everybody knows where to play. Mm-hmm. Everybody knows what their role is. Um, you know, McCann is, I mean, to me, McCann is probably actually the guy who, probably doesn't get as much credit for how good he is and how good he's become. Mm-hmm. Um, but Bjorkstrand's deserving. Like I can see that being a situation where the league called Seattle and said, who do you, who do you think should be your guy? And the organization was like, this is the guy who deserves a lot of credit. Yeah. And uh, so like, I'm not surprised that, the Ron Francis and the Kraken would pump up a guy like that. Say, like, here's a guy who's gets no attention, who he thinks deserves attention, and not only that, but they probably weren't expecting it to blow up in social media that way with Bjorkstrand. Like, oh man, I have to go on my <laughs> vacation. Yeah. Uh, okay, so we'll see them play the Pittsburgh Penguins coming up in just under an hour. Also at 1 o'clock Eastern, Los Angeles Kings face off against the Carolina Hurricanes. Once again, Carolina with a goaltending uh, issue. And I'll, I'll throw this one at you as well. We talked about the Los Angeles Kings on the pod this morning. Uh, a couple of other things to throw your direction with the uh, with the Kings, which we didn't get a lot of chance to talk about. We talked a lot about the blue line uh, with Los Angeles. Um, Pierre-Luc Dubois not going swimmingly. And, you know, we wondered if L.A. was going to be in the goalie market for a backup netminder. Could they be in the market for a starting netminder, Elliot? Well, I, I think the thing with that is, look, I, I just think they, they feel they need somebody. You know, Talbot's been really good. Um, I think other teams have kind of won. a lot. Yeah. I, I, think, I think what they're initially when um, uh, Copley got hurt, they told teams they were looking for a 2-3. And I believe some teams did ask them, are you going to look higher than that? And one of the things the Kings, the issues they have is they're really capped out like a lot of teams. So I think it was kind of like we're going to yep. punt that till closer in the deadline. So unless plans have changed, I think if the Kings are going to do that, they're going to do it closer to March 8th. Um, so that's kind of what I look at there with them. Unless they're... Because I don't think they were planning on doing any major surgery right now, Jeff. You know, maybe this forces mm-hmm. them to consider something sooner than they thought, but it wasn't the plan. Um, you know, the thing about Dubois is, you know, whether anyone likes it or not, his history 
um, of you know being asking for a trade from Columbus, basically letting Winnipeg know he wouldn't stay there. All of that stuff, your right as a player is to do that. However, what you realize is in some ways it only increases the pressure and expectation on you. You know, one of the lines you say that I really like is, you know, dogs don't bark at parked cars, right? Like it would be easy for yep. Pierre-Luc Pierre Dubois to, you know, just go with the flow and, and play, but he has clearly worked the situation to his best advantage. But that means that more people are looking at you now. And you get a big contract, and that mm. adds to the amount of people looking at you now. And then there's people who, who root for you to fail, right, and things like that, because you've put yourself out there, um, or you've burned their, their, the organizations that they're fans of. So I think that for a Kings player, I think the spotlight is a bit more on him than a lot of other people. So when he's struggling and he's down to the fourth line, you know, people – their their fans are always going to poke fun at that, and they're going to laugh about that, and that's just the thing you have to deal with. And I, like I, I don't know, like I, like I I think like players get benched all the time, players get demoted all the time. It becomes news in certain markets. I think in his case, people are almost looking for it or enjoying it a bit more because of his path. It's not always right, but it is the way it is. That's the way it goes. Vancouver and Columbus, that gets underway in about uh, 40 minutes here as well. Another afternoon game yeah. slash morning game, depending on when you're listening. Hello, Vancouver. Um, I want to get to Vancouver in a couple of seconds here because that, we talked about him on the pod. I, and saw, said this is- I saw they had to make a broadcasting change today, like Mike Locke and Cosentino are working at that game. Do you think that Cosentino was working at barricading the Canucks broadcasters in their hotels. So they couldn't get to Columbus for that. <laughs> I wouldn't put anything past Sammy. I wouldn't put anything past Sammy. I've known him too long and worked with him too long on the, on the, on the CHL. I wouldn't put anything past Sam. Uh, I think it's a possibility. I, I, I do think it could have happened. <laughs> Clearly. We look forward to your notes this week, uh, exposing <laughs> Sam Cosentino. Um, Blue Jackets, uh, you know, we talked on the Friday morning podcast about Elvis Merzlikens, and then he yeah. held his media availability and talked about how, you know, he's not officially asking for a trade, but they've both sides have agreed to try to find a different slash better situation for Merzlikens. Um, is this a trade deadline situation? Is it before trade deadline? Like, we all know the goalie market. And listen, with uh, Kachetkov's uh, injury now within, in concussion protocol, maybe Carolina uh, is yet again looking for a goaltender. Who knows? Uh, the Los Angeles Kings last year went to Columbus uh, for a goaltender, picking up Jonas Corposalo. Did they go back knocking at Yarmo Kekalainen's door? Uh, anything in and around Elvis Merzlikens that you've heard lately? Well, as one of my buddies as a Canucks fan told me today, this is only going to go one of two ways, this game against uh, Vancouver. It's either going to be a 90-save mm. shutout for Merzlikens, where <laughs> he, he, uh, the Blue Jackets win one to nothing, yes. or the Canucks win 16-2. to two. There is no middle ground for this start today, is what my, mm. my Canucks-loving buddies told me. Um, you know, I, I, I'll tell you this. I, you know, on Saturday, I spent some time calling around, just asking, you know, what does this Merzlikens announcement mean? And to, to be honest, Jeff, I think to the people inside the sport, it doesn't mean a lot. It's just a public admission of what, had been happening privately, that he was available and that Columbus was willing to move him. And 
Um, you know, I, I think the thing is, it, it's a really complicated deal. He's got $5.4 million for three more years. Um, you know, what yeah. is Columbus willing to do here? Um, are they willing to eat money? Are they willing to take a contract back? Like generally, and I'm not saying this in this specific case, but generally teams will take a contract back, but they don't always want to match the term of the player they're giving up, which makes this even more difficult. Yeah. So I think this, like I'll tell you this, I think there are people out there who believe in Merzlikens as a goalie. I think they think he's talented. Like he's got a good, he's, he's got an above league average save percentage this year. Um, but mm-hmm. um, I, I think it's one, what is Columbus willing to do with the contract? And I'll tell you something. There's something that you and I danced around on, on Friday and Aaron Portsline wrote a, a story about it yesterday and he kind of danced around it a bit too because like I really don't like these things until I hear more than secondhand information but I, I do think mm-hmm. like the whole the like Pascal Vincent came out and denied it but there's just been a lot of noise about just the aftermath of that Washington game the Tom Wilson game and you know, how did the teammates yeah. feel about that loss and things like that? And all I'll say is, because I, I don't know enough to know the truth, and I really try to be careful, but there's something there. And I think teams are kind of doing, like trying to find out, like he's a really passionate guy. He's overcome a lot of odds. Um, you know, I really, uh, like, you know, he's he's been through a lot. Um, but I still think there was some frustration that boiled over following that game. And I think everybody's trying to figure out what exactly that is. Mm-hmm. That is a, um, that, that, that's a, that's a real tough one. We saw him go at, you know, Tom Wilson pretty, you know, pretty angrily. Um, and we all know that Merzlikens is a very passionate player and a very passionate yeah. person as well. Um, you know, I, I always go back to something that, you know, whenever we talk to the goalie whisperers, you call him Kevin Woodley, uh, yeah, I always yeah. learn something new. And one of the things that I always think about with Woodley is how he talks about, you know, just because one goaltender looks one way with one team doesn't mean that it can't work with another team or that it can't be a disaster with another team. And And I can't help but thinking that in a different environment with a different structure, with a different, even just with a different mood, because we've seen Merzlikens have some command performances in the NHL, Elliot. I just can't help but wonder. And again, it's a risk. I understand that. If he ends up maybe making some general manager look really, really smart here with a deft move with Columbus. Yeah, I, I don't, I, I don't think you're wrong. Like, there's there's a talented goalie there. There's there's no question. And look, Columbus is willing to deal. They're not they're not going to trade like any of their young core guys or anything like that. But I think they're they they've been you know they've been looking for centers. They've been looking to do things like they are not unafraid to get involved in this stuff right now. Absolutely. Okay. Uh, on that, we'll wrap. Uh, enjoy the rest of your chilly walk when you get back out there. And we will touch base tomorrow I'm and enjoy the games tonight. We got 10 and you got, you got games on this afternoon. You can do it, Elliot. Go for a little chilly walk and then put your feet up and enjoy either the Sharks and Sabres, the Devils and the Bruins, the Vancouver Canucks and the Columbus Blue Jackets, the Ducks and Panthers, Kraken Penguins, and then Kings Hurricanes. All of that by 3 o'clock Eastern this afternoon. It's a beautiful day. Happy MLK Day to our friends stateside. Thanks, Rach.
All right. Take care, Jeff. Speak to you later.